some people who are working for them are like, we don't have access to do. I'm like, then why are you answering then, phones? Yeah, then just hang up. Like, why'd you waste yeah. my time? Or give me to someone who does, can help. Ugh. Yeah. The, my long-term theme with everyone is just do your fucking job. Just do your job. Right. Just do your job. It <laughs> makes me crazy. Oh, hi, you're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all the good, bad and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work before it shut down at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. Joining us via FaceTime, as I am still in Ohio, we are still in Corona lockdown and COVID-19 is still very real while trying to stay sane in Los Angeles, is comedy producer, manager, and booker Sarah Mello. Sarah is best known for her comedy production company based out of Los Angeles called Mello Comedic. Sarah is the head booker for Neil Brennan and Friends in Santa Monica, California. Sarah also produced Dave Chappelle's Bird Revelation special. Sarah also formerly managed the Laugh Factory in Hollywood, California. I better know Sarah from watching her produce the hell out of her always sold out show, The Mello Comedic Comedy Show where there is a constant chaos and she literally never gets rattled even when I run up to her screaming that I have a question. She is one of the calmest and most professional producers I've ever worked with. So, Sarah, take it away. What did I leave out of your bio? That's pretty much most of it. Okay. Um, I actually started at the Laugh Factory as a hostess and then moved on to manager and waitress. So I've done several positions there. Amazing. Before okay. that, I was a dental assistant. I've had other serving jobs at different restaurants and cafes. Okay. And that's about it. Where are you from originally? I'm from Massachusetts. Okay. And how long yeah. have you been out in California? 13 years. Oh, wow. You're a native now. After 10, they say you're, you're mm, local. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And did you go out to California for specifically for producing comedy? No, not at all. I was, I just, I went on vacation and I stayed. <laughs> I was, for real? Yeah, I was a dental assistant at the time. And I had just dropped out of college. I was going to teach dental assisting. Okay. And then I changed my mind and was like, Oh, I want to just be a dental hygienist. And I came to LA on vacation. I loved it. I was like at the beach. And I was like, Oh, I'm just gonna stay. So I just applied to every dental office in LA. And my plan was to then go to college here to become a dental hygienist. Okay, so did you go home back to Massachusetts to get your stuff or did you straight? Yes. Oh, you did. Okay. Yes, I went home. I, I flew back home and then I flew back to do all my interviews and then I flew back home to get my stuff. And it was actually my godchild's first birthday. So Aww. my family said, you just have to wait for her birthday. So the day after I packed my bags and drove cross country. <laughs> and did you do it by yourself? My grandfather came with me. My grandfather Aww. loves to travel and he wanted to come. And my mom was like, well, you're leaving. So you should spend this time with him. So he came with me. Oh, I love that so much. So how, how many days did it take you guys? Did you do it like as quickly Five. as possible? Oh, you did a nice. I okay. was like, I want to, I was like freaking out. Like I need to get there and start working. And he was, he wanted to like make a vacation out of it. So Bless him. Okay. It was a little bit of both. <laughs> okay. And then when you landed in LA, did you already have an apartment picked out and you knew sort of where you were going to be? That's, that's where the chaos ensued. Um, <laughs> I was, I was girl I knew through my ex-boyfriend she was supposed to be moving back to Massachusetts and I was going to take over her apartment 
And then when I got here, she told me that she changed her mind. Oh, come on. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. And so I then like awkwardly stayed with her who I didn't really know her very well for a couple of weeks until thankfully another apartment opened up in that building and I moved into that one. So she just was like, no, no, sorry. Like She's you- like, oh, I changed my mind. I'm going to stay. Were you <laughs> okay. just like beside your- I would have lost my mind. Yeah. I just, okay. And at that point, had you already, you had already done the interview. So were you hired at a hygienist office? Yeah. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> My whole I'm ready, girl. month out here was chaos. I was. So again, I had came out here and I did a whole bunch of interviews and I got offered every single job interview I went on. So I was able to get my job offers from $12 an hour to $20 an hour. Damn. And I was like, okay. Um, and then, then when I was home, I got a call from an office saying, Hey, did, you know, did we miss you? And I was like, Oh yeah, I actually accepted a job. I'm, you know, I'll be out there in a couple of days. And they were like, well, what did they offer you? We'll offer you a dollar more. And I was young. I was 20. So I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> took that job for the extra dollar an hour and then so when I got here and I started that job I remember the first day one of his assistants was like going on a two-week vacation and he had two other assistants and it, that's not really normal for a dentist yeah. to have like what would have been four assistants so I turned to the woman who was training me and I was like oh what is he gonna do like when she comes back and she went I don't know she was like sometimes she nannies his kids for the summer so maybe she's going to do that. and But this was like mid-June. So I was like, oh, okay. And then what about in August? And she went, I don't know. And I was like, oh, all right. Oh so I worked there for two weeks and I showed up. It was the day before 4th of July. It was July 3rd. And I came walking in and he, he had my paycheck waiting for me. And he was like, hey, she's back from her vacation. I don't need this many assistants. So, you know, thank you very much. Fuck him, And I was Sarah. like, oh, okay. I was like, so you hired me just for while she went on vacation. And he, like, wouldn't say anything. And I was like, okay, you know there are temp agencies for that, right? <laughs> Good for you. What and an asshole. So and I just, I took the, uh, yeah, I just took the check and walked out and cried. <laughs> oh, my God. And the other office was really cool. And they had told me if it doesn't work out with them, you know, call us back. But I was young and had an ego and was too embarrassed to call them. <laughs> okay. So I just started floating around looking for another job. I got robbed. Girl. While I was out here. So then I didn't have anything. I didn't have like my ID. I didn't have anything. My bank accounts I had to close because my checkbook was on it. It was a mess. So then I was trying to like look for a job without ID and <laughs> like fix all of that situation. Wait, so how, where in the timeline did you get robbed? Was it like within the first right couple after. Girl, Right after I on. lost the job. So I had been out looking for jobs, which is kind of why I had all of my information on me. I had my camera that had all my photos of my baby cousins. Oh my God. I had my pepper spray. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> my purse. That they stole. Okay. I had my apartment keys and then I had again my checkbook which had my address Did you, and all my bank info. So. Had you like left it on a table or something? Like was there or was it in your... No, I was robbed like physically. <gasps> I oh my God. I actually gone. The, the girl whose apartment I was supposed to take over, she worked for a huge... A songwriter out here so I had gone to visit them I think we had like we went and got some food or something and then I was leaving and I was on the phone with my boyfriend at the time and I heard somebody running up behind me it was at like three o'clock in the afternoon on sunset and Ivar oh my god and I heard running and I turned around and the guy like grabbed my person we were fighting for it and then he finally like shoved me into a 
wall. So my arm kind of went flying. My, my phone went flying. He slid my purse off. Oh my God. And then I got lucky. He actually came back after me to try to hit me and I reached for my phone and then he saw that he reached for my phone, ran it, took off. So he was turning around to assault you or like, yeah, oh my God. He probably wanted to like knock me down so I couldn't chase him, but so it was bad. He had everything. So now it was like, I have, I have no ID. I have no access to my money. He stole a little bit of cash I had on me. I don't have a job. (laughs) How did you, how were you not like, fuck LA, burn it down. I'm leaving. Like, I think I would have lost my resolve. Funny. I had my, again, my boyfriend was on the phone with me, so he heard it. And now the guy had my phone. So I was like, I have no option but to call my parents because if they try to call me and they can't get a hold of me, they're going to freak out. Yeah. So I went inside. I used the office phone. I called my mom. My mom said, okay, do you want me to get you a flight home? And I was like, no. (laughs) And she was like, really? And I was like, no. And she told me, she was like, at that moment, I knew you were never coming back home. (laughs) And I I didn't, I stayed. And then my, so that was all in July. I had moved here in mid June. And then the month of July was my 21st birthday. It was horrible. (laughs) And then I was like looking for a job and just trying to figure it all out. And then that's when I got hired at a dental office and at the laugh factory. At the same time. Yeah, like in July, the okay. end of July, right after my 21st birthday. So then I started at a dental office where valet lost the keys to my car. Sir, so I would have burnt the I city down. I, like, I don't know how you survived <laughs> yeah. this. My first day, I actually got a parking ticket because I didn't know you have to turn your, your tires. Fuck off. When you're parked on a hill because we don't have hills where I live. So I got a parking ticket while I was just, I, they told me, run up to the office and we'll give you the key card. To get so into the game. Park in the thing. Yeah. I got the ticket, went in, parked with valet, and they lost my keys. Holy so I took cabs. Shit. There was no Uber back then. Yeah. Took cabs. And then I, my first couple of days working at Laugh Factory, I was waiting for my mom to like mail me my other key. Oh my God. And then we finally, I, I had another key made. And then I showed at like a week later, they were like, we found your key. We dropped it in somebody else's car and they, they returned it. <laughs> oh my God. And then the following month, I got into a car accident. <laughs> Sarah. By that point, I just gave up and I did not tell my family. I was like, they're not, nobody's going to believe this. Oh my God. If I were your sister, I would have been on the next flight and been like, I'm physically coming to get you and fuck the city. <laughs> like It was horrible. I'm like, baby, I don't know. Maybe it prepped me for everything I was about to encounter out here. <laughs> it was like, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> get ready, girl. Muscle up because it's about to get crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So you get your, key, you get the key made, you get your key back. What happened in the car wreck? Like, were you driving? Was it your fault? No, I was, I was like driving straight down Highland okay. um, up to like Hollywood Highland. And I was like, you about to pull up to a light, but just driving straight. And the people in the lane next to me just smashed into the side of my car. Ooh. And then they drove through the red light and took off. And it was so funny. I pulled into like, there was a gas station. So I, I pulled out to get out to check the damage. And there were like this homeless guy came over like, I, I saw everything. And I was like, you know what? I, I just got back in my car. And I was like, I'll check the damage in the morning. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Point, I don't care. <laughs> Sarah, so it was a hit and run. So you never got their info. They never. never <laughs> so there were no cameras. There was no like, oh, you must have just no, been. Defeated. And I just left the damage. I was like, of course. Cause you're like, I'm over it. LA, you win. I give up. Yeah. <laughs> like Jesus. 
You know what? I feel like, you know, what a, another guest has said, you either come to LA to heal or to die. And nothing right. has ever like resonated so hard about a city for me than that. And it sounds like you were like, no, I'm healing. Like you're going to yeah. try and win and it's not happening. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Okay. So this is all within a couple months of you moving to this new city, being the a fresh baby. My first month and a half living here. Oh my God. So you're now simultaneously working at the dental office and the laugh factory. So you're doing days at the office and nights at the fact good god so you're not sleeping no i I would on so the dental office i also worked like saturday morning so i was five and a half days there and then (laughs) when i started working at the law factory it was chaos i was hired for a couple of nights a week and then every night they were calling me in so i remember on sunday days i would just drive out to the beach by myself and take a nap at the beach all day long yeah because that was like I moved here for the beach <laughs> and I'm not so, enjoying the beach. Even if I'm sleeping at the beach, I'm going to be at the beach. Wow. And that's what I would do on Saturdays. <laughs> I mean, Sundays. So you would go heel in the sand and then you'd wake up from your nap and then crawl into bed and do it all over again. <laughs> six days in a row. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. Or go to, I would go to work that night at the laugh factory. Girl. So when did, <laughs> at, there's no, were you at the dental office the entire time you were at the factory or the laugh factory or when did that? No, a couple of months in I, w- I was exhausted I, would, oh I was like God. the office manager there too so I would be like falling asleep at work and then I got a call from the laugh factory at one point they were like filming a tv show and they called me like where are you and I was like what do you mean where am I? I'm at my other job and they were like oh well we're filming a tv show and the owner wants you here and I was like oh, okay like you didn't tell me this yeah is that <laughs> no, how that works nobody. I was hired to work nights <laughs> yeah so thankfully the dentist I worked for she was really cool and she was like oh go ahead so wow. then like for that week I didn't work for her I w- went to the laugh factory during the days too and I did that like for a while and then finally like I finally just was like I can't do this anymore I was physically exhausted so that's when I decided to kind of like just make the jump from dental to comedy Okay. I was like, I realized by that time, like, I don't even want to do dental anymore. I love comedy. So I quit the the dental office to, and then I was managing at the law factory already. I moved up there quickly. pretty quickly. Yeah. And then, and then I just got like another waitressing job during the day. Wait, so, so you, I would, <laughs> wait, yeah. So, so then one I job is the, not enough for you is what you're telling no, me. I've never just had one job like my whole life. I always have multiple jobs. Okay. You're- so I were, I opened a cafe at like six in the morning. Till like twelve thirty, I'd go hiking in the afternoon and then go to the laugh factory. So just like four hours of sleep is roughly your average, and you're cool with that. For years, I would sometimes sleep two hours and be fine. Ooh, that was just yeah. never in my DNA. Okay, so <laughs> now I sleep a lot, and actually, especially since COVID, I've been your body's like we're gonna make up for all those years that you crushed us. Where you yes. will be sleeping. <laughs> so this is actually a good time for you. That's good. Okay, so what got you then? Because there's like that, I, I assume, did you work at the Laugh Factory up until you started producing your own shows? Or were you like... I started producing shows while working Good at the Laugh Factory. So. Good God. So, I'm just going to yes. jump in for anyone who's not in comedy and doesn't understand how intense <laughs> producing a show is. You could literally make a 70 hour week out of just producing shows to throw interacting with customers and or managing a physical location of a theater on top of that. I don't know how you... You didn't yeah. like you really were in boot camp when every when yeah. everything came at you in the first month and a half, if that's how you were doing. So, yes. So you're producing shows whilst you're managing the Laugh Factory. Yeah, I don't Jesus. remember if I was managing or waitressing at that time. I think waitressing. And then Neil Brennan decided to start up his show. 
So we started that in 2011. It, that's um, the so one the, in Westside Comedy Eclectic, the Neil Brennan and Friends? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he wanted to start up a show and asked him if I would run it for him. And I was, of course, I was like, absolutely. So we approved it with the owner of the Laugh Factory first. I wanted to make sure he wouldn't get mad. And he said that it was okay. Yeah, I started doing that while still working at the Laugh Factory. And I worked at the Laugh Factory till 2013 oh, wow. until Inside Jokes opened. And then I switched to start booking Inside Jokes. Okay. And then... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say what got because you were managing serving at the at the Laugh Factory and you're like, you're very approachable. You're very easy to talk to and you're very calm. So were those were you already friends with Neil or did he observe how you were and he think she should be a booker or did you go to him and say, hey, I'm kind of interested in producing that's sort of the route I want to go in. Yeah, me and Neil got close very quickly when I started. He was kind of new. He was out here filming a movie. He still lived in New York at the time. Okay. And me and him just got close and I talked to him and he was like, well, what do you want to do? And at that time, I didn't know much about the entertainment industry. So I was like, I want to produce. I want to direct. I want to do whatever you do. (laughs) So So he had actually brought me like he he shot a pilot at that time that he like wrote, directed and starred in. And he let me. Um, shadow him on set. Oh, what a lovely guy. Um, So he was always supportive about stuff like that. But he always knew that I loved comedy and I wanted to do more. So and then he knew how well I knew the comics. I helped get a couple of comics passed at the Law Factory. So everybody kind of knew at the Law Factory, I should have been like booking the club. But I was like waitressing and stuff or night managing. But still, so he yeah, he was like, I want to start the show. I can't really think of anybody else who who I would hire to book it. So he hired me. So that was good. That's really lovely. Yeah. And that really helped me get to, because at the time I worked at the Laugh Factory, but would hang out at the comedy store in the improv. But then through working with Neil, I met even more comics. So I then was able to really grow and know more than just Laugh Factory comics at the time. Okay, so we're going to jump to 2013 in a second, but I just want to, for the audience that doesn't work in comedy, so what she just described was basically working at at one of the biggest comedy clubs in the whole city of Los Angeles and really the country, and then she would go and hang out at the other two most famous comedy clubs in Los Angeles at the time. The Ice House is now a contender, I would argue, but that's yes. Pasadena. But those three, the three that she mentioned are the heavy hitters in the game. So you would work at one. And then when she says hang out at the other clubs, what she actually means is network, shake hands, yes. continue working. <laughs> so she wasn't like, so in, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but you were, no, you yeah. were hustling and that's yes. such a grind <laughs> of like, oh, tell me more about your life. I'm so interested and keep going and yay. And like, um, you are genuine, but that, that networking yeah. game is so draining. So you would go from a yes. draining customer service job to two draining experiences after that. God bless you. Okay. Yes. But it, it got you where you're at which is huge so mm-hmm. okay so 2013 hits and you you move over to, to away from the, the laugh factory altogether like yeah you, okay it didn't end well but it ended <laughs> okay we'll get into that if you can yeah. later in my question round we can get there okay and so then you so you move on to to officially just booking another club now you're not yes okay and so how long are you are you still w- doing that yeah they found out right away like right as the okay. other club opened so okay. it ended abruptly at the laugh factory okay and then and they did call me back and then I turned it down. Um, and then I worked at the other club for a while. I just didn't agree with how things were being run there. So okay. then I left there. And then I kind of took a break where I was like, I, I, I got to get away from this a little. I continued doing Neil's show, okay. though. So I didn't like fully step away from comedy, but I took a break 
for me. Oh, girl, I get it. <laughs> like I was still doing it, but it wasn't as much as I had been doing it. You know, doing several shows. I just stuck with Neil's show for like a year. And then I just, I don't, I guess I just didn't know what I wanted at the time. I knew I wanted to do comedy, but was stressed out. And then at the time, like comics had been hitting me up to do shows with them. And, and I kept being like, no, no, no. And then one day, like a comic hit me up asking me to produce a show for him on the same day that the improv hit me up asking me if I would want it to do a show there. Oh, and wow. I just kind of like took that as a sign. Yeah. So I was like, well, hey, I called up that comic. Like, you want to do a show at the improv? <laughs> and he was like, okay. So we all met. And then that's where I, I started a show at the improv. And that was like my first show that was like my show, you know? Um, so yeah. So that was great. And I mean, I think on my first show, I had Neil Brennan, Kevin Nealon, David Allen Greer. Holy shit. Uh, I think maybe Harlan Williams. Oh my like gosh. I had like a great uh, Damon Jr. Jane Cook dropped in. So it was great. And yeah, I started doing a show there for a while. It was hard. And then a comedy store called me. So then I started, I switched my show over there. So what, why was it, are you able to speak freely as to why it got hard at the improv? Or is that something we should skip over? Um, I guess I can talk about it. I mean, when you produce a show, you put your own money into it. I did not know and that. Yes, I've I put all my money into my own shows. So meaning it, like for the so making the flyers and doing the marketing and doing and paying the comedians. Ooh, you have to do yeah. that too. Yes, oh, and I at the not. time and I, I I had a DJ, so I'm paying a DJ and paying the comics, you do all your own promoting. And it's it's very hard to promote and sell tickets in LA. Oh in LA, girl. people want to see names and don't want to pay. <laughs> facts and double and facts, then, yes. Yeah. And then just the deal I had worked out at that club was not, it didn't, I wasn't making money, to be honest. It was like, you well, you're even. only giving me this percentage of the door and I'm doing all the work and I'm paying all this stuff. It's impossible for me to make money off of what my costs are. So it was just training and it was like, I'm doing all this and losing money. <laughs> like Not worth it. Paying money for comedy shows. So yeah. And I, I mean, to be honest, for years, I lost money off my shows, Girl. but I just, I think it's like the grind. Yeah. I, I tell my mom, like a lot of people ask me how to do what I do and I can teach so much but I'm like I think I stuck it out and that's the hardest part yes facts is just sticking it out until, yeah. and even still I'm luckily most of my shows now I, I make money but there are still times where I don't or I come close you know yeah because I offer these comics a certain amount of money and pray that I make that amount back after paying promoters and graphic designers and sometimes a DJ and all that stuff can you explain just to the non-comedy audience for the promoter piece? Does does that mean getting butts in the seats? Like that's you're paying yes. your promoter to okay. And then does is that person often a comic that then gets stage time, or is a promoter just a job that they? Are- um. Yeah, I don't. I know some people do 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 it that way, and I I have comics hit me up like I'll help fill seats, and I'm like, oh, that's just not how I do it. So I, I work with actual just promoters who I'm like, help me, okay. <laughs> help me. Okay. Um, one, one guy I work, he's been promoting comedy for a while. And then I have another friend. She was a club promoter in Chicago for years. So she helps me. And then a social media person. 
just stuff like that. Because for me, you know, all of my time out here has been spent networking with comedians. And I, I've met a lot of people through working at the club. But again, most of the people I know are already in comedy. So it's harder for me to then promote. I can sure. get the comics. It's hard to get the audience. So which is, I do which the best two- I can. Yeah. But I also do then hire people because I can't do it all. <laughs> oh, it's two separate beasts. I mean, trying to get an audience versus trying to get comics is like a wild. Hard. Those are wildly different. complex crazy things and just because of the time that we're in in a male dominated industry do you Mm -hmm. feel like it has been harder for you to try and get like make footing or did it help that because you had such a great relationship with these comics that they sort of carried you to the point not that you don't have talent but just because as a female I feel like the cards Mm -hmm. are kind of stacked against you to be taken seriously even in whatever realm of comedy so did you did you find that at all or am I pushing a narrative on you you did no definitely there were some parts that some of it I can't get into but yeah it was definitely hard being a female I definitely I've just always been a hard worker okay so thankfully when I worked at the Laugh Factory, comics always told me, they were like, I love when I walk in and you're smiling. They were like, that makes my day. So I was able to build a good relationship to where they liked me, they liked hanging out with me, but they also saw that I had a really strong work ethic. Mm. So I think that's why comics are like so down to do my shows. And I I pay properly. Sure. (laughs) You're not than anybody else in LA. Yeah. So that might help too. (laughs) So yeah, I was able to build the relationship. Thankfully, with the comics, I don't feel like I've had an issue with it being me a female. Other issues I've had maybe with the clubs and stuff, I know that I have to fight a little bit harder. I deal with stuff that I wouldn't have had to deal with if I was a male. But again, it's like another part of putting up my job with not just sticking it out is like putting up with a lot of stuff. Oh, yes, girl. <laughs> putting oh, up yes. with a lot of stuff that I, I don't want to have to put up with, but I just put it up, put it up like, okay, suck it to the game. If you want a career, which is real towards that. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Get us up to today. So so that was 2013, 14, 15. Yeah. You're kind of grinding. And then at what point do you transition over to the comedy store? Like what year was that? Do you remember? <laughs> think I don't even honestly remember I think it was 2016 okay because I also I had I was already doing a show there and I don't even remember how it started, but I, my really good friend, DJ Trauma, Aww. who was a DJ. Yeah. yeah so he, he DJs with Dave Chappelle. Yeah, I know him. Everyone for a while was like, why don't you start a business? Like, And I was like, oh, I kind of want to, but I'm a really hard worker, but I'm a, I'm really lazy in other senses. <laughs> so there's Girl, certain things I'm same. like, oh, I don't want to deal with that, you know? <laughs> so he yeah. was like, well, I'll, I'll get your LLC up going for you and stuff. And I was like, okay, so me and yeah. So me and DJ trauma partnered on it. He was like, I want to start DJing your shows and all that. So and I think I'm not going to lie. I don't remember if I already had Tuesday nights at that time or if I was still doing other nights. I don't remember when I switched to Tuesday nights because, you know, that's a big deal in comedy. Tuesday nights is a huge night in comedy. So getting that was a big accomplishment, which I guess to somebody not in comedy, that might sound weird. But as you know, in comedy, having a Tuesday night at the comedy store is huge. So that may have been in 2016. Okay. So I, I think I maybe, yeah, maybe t- 2014 or 15, I was at the improv. And then maybe 2015, I like switched to the comedy store and 2016 got Tuesday nights. Okay. I could be wrong. I don't know. Those days, right? And then while I was doing that show, I also here and there have over the years have done shows at the Ice House. And then I also started booking Comedy Juice, 
which was LA and New York, San Diego, isn't New York, and uh, Ontario. Oh my God. I think you, it was. Were you booking all of those cities? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. And then there's also another person who was helping me in New York. So, and he would run the shows and he would help with some of the New York bookings. But yeah, I was doing all of those and my shows and Neil Brennan and Friends. I was also doing a show with Owen Smith at oh. the West Side Comedy Theater. Girl. You so must I was have doing 16 shows, which was like my phone. I had over 300 unread text messages a day. All the time. At any given time. moment. That's in like, <laughs> I don't know how you kept your head on yeah. straight. And so you're and running I, 16 shows. Were you like, I mean, how, how is that? Po- like, how? Did I you- don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You just kind of like zone out. I feel like on a lot. There's some things you just ignore. Some things you just... You just zone out and do it, you know? I, I don't know. It just, it just, you know, when you just got to do something, you just do it. Yeah. So it was hard, definitely keeping track of all of them and like, did I book this one? Did I book that one? Did I promote it? it was, I would have gotten confirm conf- people for yeah. the show. Um, it was crazy. And then uh, Dave Chappelle's guy from Live Nation called me one day, like, what's your week like this week? And I was like, oh, I'm doing, told him all my shows. And he was like, okay, well, Dave wants to film this week. So can you do like Wednesday to Sunday? And I was like, uh, okay. Like he wanted you to <laughs> so, physically come and help produce it or yeah, he wanted you to clear your theater? he wanted me to help. It started as like, we just need you to book two openers and help bring the crowd. And oh I was God. like, okay. And I was like, so do I have to be there? And they were like, eh, you don't have to be there, but you should if oh it's supposed God. to be your show. Oh so God. I was like, okay. So then I, I I had to cancel some of my shows that week and the other clubs were not happy. Really? But I had to make a decision. <laughs> so then I did that and then he added shows on. So then we ended up doing like two shows a night from I think Wednesday to Monday. God love him. And then I ended up running the shows there too. And then, so I did all that and then it was Thanksgiving and I quit Comedy Juice. I quit my Ice House shows. I, quit. I just like quit a bunch of stuff. Oh my <laughs> God, like, you I'm had done. to. I yeah. Can't. Yeah. So then I just kind of shut down and then I decided I'm only going to do shows that are my shows. I'm not going to book shows for other people anymore because those just were a lot of work and headache for no money. So I was like, I'm only going to do something that is repping my brand that transition is hard but like that's one of those necessary like you pull you pull you just jump out of the the plane and you're like i'll pull the cord when i need to but i gotta just go so you're working you do dave's show then you're like i'm only gonna book my own shows and so then so since you didn't really come to la for comedy you sort of fell into it did you grow up loving comedy being obsessed and it just was sort of like cool they happened to do comedy in la or was it you had a couple comics you liked and it just sort of fell into your lap because you were applying everywhere it was the complete opposite i didn't even know that stand-up comedy existed (laughs) Wait, I'd never watched it before. I'd, the only thing I had ever seen was like my ex-boyfriend back home used to watch Wild and Out. So oh I had God. watched like a couple episodes with him and like I recognized like Cat Williams. So when I met Cat Williams, I was like, oh, my God, that's the guy from that show. But I, I honestly think that helped me. And people are no like, questions. Seinfeld growing up and I'm like yeah I watched Seinfeld growing up I guess I never paid attention to that part of him on stage you know yeah so I just when I got offered the job at the same time I also got offered a job working for Clear Channel which is like the radio which 
I guess I I know now how big that is. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> but again, I didn't know. And I was a kid and I was like, I also got a job over at the Laugh Factory. And I was like, I remember talking to my boyfriend at the time. I was like, I don't know what it is, but it has the word laugh in it. So I was like, I think I'm going to take that one. <laughs> and that I did. changed the course of your life forever. How changed hilarious. Changed the course of my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um, so yeah, my first night even walking into the Laugh Factory, I had no idea what I was walking into. And it was chaos. It was a sold out Friday night show and Dane Cook was at his prime. Oh, really? And so the manager was like, I'm busy, but I'll train you later. And just she was running wild that whole night. And at the end of the night, she was like, sorry, I didn't get to train you. I'll train you tomorrow. And I was like, okay, same thing happened again. Yep. So then I just kind of picked up, you know, just kind of learn what to do. So you just flew by the seat of your pants and then God bless yeah, you. Yeah, same thing. I was never trained even as a manager there. I just picked it up and did it. That's crazy. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, all right. So we guys, we hope you enjoyed your apps. Thank you for listening. We're going to go on to the entrees after a quick break. We're back and now it is time to move on to the entrees. Okay, so this is the speedy speed round of questions. Okay, what was your first job ever in customer service? Dental assistant. Okay. I, I started that in high school. I went to vocational high school. So I was a dental assistant in high school. What drew you to dentistry just in general? That's not one of the questions I have. I'm just curious. <laughs> Um, just again, I went to a vocational high school. So at my high school, your freshman year, you tried different shops. So I tried dental assisting, medical assisting, electrical, plumbing, automotive, computers, childcare. You try a bunch of them and then you pick which one you liked. And I liked dental assisting. What was it that you liked about it? I don't know. <laughs> you just I liked know. it. I remember I originally went there thinking I wanted medical and then they were like, oh, you have to draw blood. And I was like, eh, no, no, thanks. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And then what's funny, because then the more you get into it, like even as a dental assistant, I loved watching people get shots in their mouth. And oh, I was like, did? I want to do that. Yeah. You get to oh. the point where you're like, I love this stuff. Okay. How many customer service jobs have you had total? Feel free to take time and add them up. I would count, obviously, dental assisting as one. So that was high school. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. A lot. Okay. Like, I've had three or four dental assisting jobs. Okay. We'll say four for the sake of counting. Yeah. Then worked at Dunkin' Donuts for like a weekend when I was... <laughs> In Amazing. high school, I think. Why just a weekend? Um, and well, then we'll get back to counting. We're up to five. Actually, sorry. Okay, so I was in college. So at okay. the time, I was like typical me. I was working two dental assisting jobs. I was going to college full time at night. God bless. And you. then I took on a weekend job at Dunkin' Donuts from three thirty in the morning till noon. Girl. on Saturdays and Sundays. So I did it. I did it for, I'm not lying, not a weekend. I probably did it for like a month. I hated it. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> okay. So we're up to, um, that's six jobs. Five, six. five, six. We're at six. Okay. And then I've had... Laugh Factories. Laugh Factory. Then? I worked at Kings Road Cafe. Oh. Server. I worked at Umami Burger as a server. Nine. We're at nine. I've had a ton of nannying jobs. We'll make those. We'll just count three of those. So we'll say yeah. 10, 11, 12. Thir so we're at 13 or 12. Sorry, we're at 12. 12. I can't yeah. count. I can't count. So that might be it. Okay. So you've had 12. All my other jobs were like in comedy, like booking and stuff. I don't think they're customer service. I mean, I think you could argue that dealing with audience members and comics and servers and all the things you have to deal with is a version of yeah. hell in that way. So I, I would maybe at least give you one or two for yeah. that. So we're at 15. What did we say? 15. We're going to say 15. We'll round it out at 15. Oh, duh. I forgot. Sorry. I've also no, worked good. at yoga studios and spin studios. Okay. So should <laughs> we... 
been instructor and I've also worked like the front desk at yoga studios. Now you pluralized both of those. So we're going to say 19 then? Does at that least, right? yeah. At least. We're probably, <laughs> we're going to give you 20 because I feel like that's <laughs> a nice round number, but it's probably more than that because you work, you must. I've worked so many jobs. I honestly don't even remember until like sometimes it comes up and I'm like, I did that too. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you, I don't mean this in an offensive way. I mean this in a, in a complimentary way. Did you have immigrant parents? Like, are you first generation? I'm not first generation. I am Portuguese. Oh, you are? Um, Yes. I'm not first generation, but it's just, that is like, especially where I'm from, it is Mm -hmm. a lot of immigrants. So everybody just has like a really good work ethic. I'm second generation Irish and we just drive ourselves into the ground with jobs. So I'm like, this is an immigrant thing. I feel like, but it's just you. But I think it's just my personality. I have to stay busy or I go crazy. I actually one night, oh, I also worked at um, John Lovett's comedy club. Jesus Christ. In Universal City. That was a secret, but I guess we can talk about it now. I worked there while I was working at the Laugh Factory and I just like um, and what's actually really funny is there's a comic who you probably know, Chris Spencer. Yeah. I one day, <laughs> I, like, saw him one night at the Laugh Factory, and then the next night I saw him at John Lovett's Comedy Club, and then I was working that cafe I told you about the yeah. next morning, and I saw him there. Fuck off. And he was like, what? He's like, are you following like, me? He was like, how many jobs do you have? <laughs> and you're like, don't worry about it. I'll see you at the gym yeah. later when I'm teaching you a spin class. Like, don't worry. Yeah. Oh, when I was God. working at that restaurant, the other people I work with, they were like, what are you saving up for? They were like, what are you, <laughs> who do you, you owe money to? So much. Yeah. They were like, why do you, I'm like, Oh my oh, God. No. Fear, I guess. I feel like I always have to work and have multiple streams of income. Well, listen, you got robbed and in a car wreck and all this bullshit right. happened to you in a month. So like <laughs> I'd save up a hell of a lot of money too. Like it makes sense. It's trauma. It's just residual yeah. trauma. Okay. So which of all of those jobs, which was your favorite? And obviously like producing and booking comedy is clearly your favorite now, but of all of those right. collective customer service jobs, what was your favorite? So not counting any comedy one? or I mean, you or could count. if you, yeah, if I you- I think like managing the laugh factory was really fun for me. It had a lot of things I didn't like about it, but just to run the show and, and, and look over the wait staff. Like I liked that. Okay. Were you responsible for scheduling and everything as well? Like the no wait- scheduling. I did not have to do there. Just oh, anything at night. Oh, so physically I was, when I was you the were there. nighttime manager. Yeah. Okay. What was your least favorite of all of the jobs you've had, the customer service jobs you've had and we're taking producing and booking uh, comedy out of it. Oof. Least favorite. I mean, I guess probably like the Dunkin' Donuts. I was just thinking that. Yeah, Yeah. that one I hated. What's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do whilst you were on the clock at any of these jobs? And we've gotten Uh, some weird answers, so don't feel like you have to be PG. Oh, I mean, I guess definitely like when I worked, when I waitress at at the Laugh Factory, customers would like ask me for Coke. And and if I would be like, oh, I, I, sorry, I don't do that. I can't get you any. They'd be like, yeah, this is a comedy club, and you can't find any coke. And so I'd be offended. Like, no, nah, I don't. Think so <laughs> I don't. And they'd threaten like your tips over it, and it was like, all right, well, don't tip me because sorry, I literally can't I can't get, get you. you this illegal drug. I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. Ask a comic. I'm sure you'll like. Go, just go up to them. In fact, do it while they're performing. They got you. Right. I just back to your last question. I also remembered I forgot. I also worked at a hotel briefly. You're at 22 jobs. I'm still keeping a tally because I feel like we're going to hear 10 more of these. Okay, what did you do at the hotel? And that job serving and I'm not gonna lie. It was so weird at the hotel that I just one day walked out on my lunch break. 
I felt like it was so weird. I felt like I was being pranked. And you got to get, can you be more specific? Like, what do you mean weird in a way that made you want to leave? Just like the manager would yell at customers. He, I watched him yell at an old lady. I watched him yell at a girl telling her she was inappropriate. (laughs) And like, really? Then it was raining. And we were talking to this one customer at the bar and then his friend had gone outside and the manager came back and told the guy like, hey, man, your buddy just fell out there. It doesn't look good. You should go check on him and didn't do anything. And I remembered thinking like, well, dude, a customer just fell on our premises. You should be helping him. Or scared of being sued. Yes. And then the girl who was supposed to be training me like wasn't training me. She was like standing at the bar talking to somebody about like plastic surgery Nope. And then they all found out that the owner was there and they got so scared and they were like, who's serving her? And I was like, well, it's got to be me because I'm the only one working (laughs) Working. now. (laughs) And then they were like, did you give her her special cookies? Did you give her her special water? Did you? And I was like, I've been here a day, bitch. I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. Like, how would I have known this stuff? And they got like so mad at me. And I was like, she seems fine, actually. She doesn't seem (laughs) mad at me at all. And it wow. was just so much weird stuff like that. I was like, this has got to be a joke. Yeah, it, <laughs> either cannot. there's cameras there or it's haunted. And you're like, is everyone a ghost but me? Like, am I being trained by a bunch of ghosts? This is so weird. And I was like, again, I work in comedy clubs. I worked in weird places. But yeah. that was just... Isn't that crazy when that weird. takes the cake? Like, and you've worked in comedy. Like, comedy's a weird sport. But my God, <laughs> like the sport of hotels. You're like, like no, you no. expect it there at a hotel, yeah. like mm. in Santa Monica. I expected better. <laughs> I bet if you drove by there today, it'd be gone, and it was just like there was never a hotel there. <laughs> now you have some weird. Like, what was so funny was one of my friends happened to like know somebody who worked there, like in the kitchen, and she posted a photo of me on her Instagram one time, and she said that the guy text her being like yo you know Sarah Mello and she was like yeah and he was like she she worked with me and like walked out during her shift and she was like yeah that sounds like Mello <laughs> like, and you're like did you ask her about the haunted hotel you work right? at because it's for sure haunted good lord okay coke was the the weirdest thing you've been asked for what's an incident with a customer that made them ask to speak to your manager either whilst or after they interacted with you can you think of any yeah we had one i was again i was managing the laugh factory when i was 21 yeah that's so nobody ever believed that i was the manager i can see that (laughs) because you look young now so speak to the manager and then i would go over and they'd be like i want to speak to the manager and i would be like i am the manager (laughs) (laughs) so we had i mean i'm sure you know because you guys have it at the comedy store there's like the two drink minimum yeah standard at clubs. so right so we constantly would get complaints about that oh it gets so tired one time they were complaining to a waitress about that so i had to go over and talk to them and at the laugh factory it was very strict on the two drink minimum and it also your seniority each week went by how many drinks you sold previously the week before oh my god so that determined how many shifts you were going to be turned into that week that's unfair and also how many shows sorry shows you were because we had multiple shows in the night so if you were top on the list, you always had first choice of, am I working this night? Am, am I working both shows or am I working one or three on the weekends? Like you, and could, if you, on the, you, you could say, I have a preference for this many shows yes. or whatever. Oh my yeah. God. Like, so say, just say, for example, say I was number one on the list. Okay. Say that night they knew it was going to be slow. They would call you like, do you want to work or do you not want to work? 
and you could decide. But if it was full and they needed everybody, then it was like, okay, you're working. But you might go and they may have only needed everybody for the first show. And then the second show was going to be slower because you were first seniority wise. You got to choose. I'm going to stay and work it or no, I want to go home. So it was and, cumulative week to week, meaning like in the week, if you sold a thousand drinks, then you were number one that following week or was it shift week. to shift? Okay. So yeah, it was week to week. So it went okay. week by week on how many drinks you sold previously the week before. Which kind of fucks you if you're on the lower end, because if you only got two it's shifts, but you're competing. Yeah. Cause you're competing with someone that got four shifts. So yeah. That, so it was your oh. average sh- drinks per shift or oh, okay, drinks okay. per night or something. But it was hard because if you were at the bottom and you got a small section where, say, you only had 14 people compared to somebody who had 30 people, if your 14 people aren't drinkers and each only get the two drink minimum, then you got you sold 28 drinks and that's it. You can't. Yeah. yeah, You're like, well, they only wanted to drink their two drinks. So my average for the show is a two. So they made it very competitive for us there. So, yeah, it was like it was hard to get back up if you were on the bottom. Did that lead to infighting <laughs> amongst the servers like we're in like bad blood between you guys? We were all close. I mean, I think I don't know if it's like this with you guys. We would fight and argue and like be over it by the end of the shift. You yeah. just kind of know like we're stressed out right now. There's yes. so much going on that you might yell at each other and and you're over it by the end of the shift. But 100 yeah. percent. Yeah, we would have stuff like that. We were able to add gratuity to groups of six or more. So one server, again, her people complained about the two drinks. Then they were trying to say they were not a group. Oh, fuck. And she was like, they are a group. He told me this is his mom. So I went over and I was like, sir, they told me that because he was like, I'm just here with my girl and this, I don't know them. And I was like, well, you said that was your mother. And he was like, oh, well, we met her in line and we got close. So we said she's like a mother. And it was like this whole thing. So they threw a fit and uh, it was just a big thing. And then they ended up like writing a complaint about us and we got written up. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, I just. I enforce the I policy the that exists here yeah. at your job that you have hired me to enforce. So did you. Yeah. Was that often the case with management that in some of your jobs where it was like the customer was always right? In those yeah. situations. Oh, that's tough. I had serving jobs where if people walked out, you had actually, to pay the most serving jobs I want. If people walked out, you had to pay the tub. I've I've said this on this podcast so many times and I get emails of people being like, There's no way that's true. And I was like, I had I so had many. someone walk out on a hundred and fifty dollar tab. Me too. That I had to pay. Yeah, and you had to pay it? Yeah, and you're like, that's my tips for the night. The whole that's, night. I worked yeah. to cover that tab. That's oh, yeah. that makes me crazy. Okay. Well, thanks for yeah. validating that that's real. Um, yeah, no, I had that several. One night it was like a sh- like this girl had customers that she didn't know she had at the Laugh Factory. And I was upstairs working on the balcony and her shift was like in the back of the club. And she was like, I didn't know about them. I'm embarrassed to go over. Like, can you take them? All this stuff. I was like, yeah, fine. And I was like, but show's closing and I need the DJ owes me money. Like, can you go get it? And, or she asked me, I think that's what it was. She asked me to go get it. Whatever it was, the customers came in so late. We normally would always get cash or card up front for them. Yeah. But we were in such a rush. We just did it. And it was a group of five girls. And that's what it was. The girl, sorry, she asked me to take that. And then another girl was like too embarrassed to ask the DJ for money. And she knew I knew him. So she was like, can you go get the money from him? And I said, yeah, but watch my section. And oh she was like, okay. God. And I came back down and the girls had literally ran out. And and like <laughs> a couple other people around, like they heard what was going on. So we were all like chasing them up the street. They took their shoes off and ran. You've got to be in shitting heels. me. No, they ran. I was 
so mad. So you saw them, like you literally yes. ran after them. And were you yelling yeah. like, hey. Like- yeah. And a couple of guys ran after them and they, they couldn't catch them. Wow. Oh, <laughs> I would like- have been so mad. So you ended up, ha- you personally had to cover that tab. I did, but I got really lucky that night. And there was another guy there who overheard. He gave me some money. What I got sweet- lucky. Oh. There was a lot of times like I would get screwed over and people would overhear and be like, here, you shouldn't have to deal with that. That's lovely. That has never happened to me before. That is yeah. really lovely. <laughs> Yay for your customers being cool. Okay, so what's the last straw that got you out of if you whatever whatever last straws you can talk about? I don't know if this is touchy. So if there's a last straw that got you out of any of the jobs, it doesn't have to just be the one we talked um, about before. Yeah, I mean, they were different. One job, I remember I passed out. I had passed out oh in the God. shower and I called them being like, yeah, I just passed out. I can't come in today they got really mad at me that I don't remember if they fired me because of that or if I however they handled it, I quit but I remembered being like I physically can't come in so I don't know <laughs> dear god that they would fire yeah. you that's so shitty that's yeah so shitty. another job I yeah it was just like gross serving stuff it was I was sick of I worked early mornings and didn't make a ton of money and it was like just the grossest thing where like the barista if I would ring in a coffee drink the barista if you didn't go back and give him a hug he wouldn't make the drink so now oh. your customers are getting mad. And I was like, that bullshit is so tired. Am I so putting tired. up with this for like to make $80 in tips for the day? Nope. <laughs> like, <laughs> nope. Go by. I would make like at that place I made on average like 80 to 120. And it was just like, is this, this worth it? It's no. like you're getting yelled at by customers and then you get to get touched and hugged. Like, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Cause you didn't agree to physically touch someone. Now they're not doing their job. Yeah. Gross. So I had that. So that was one job. I worked there for two years and was finally like, I'm done. <laughs> I love it. Um, After these two solid years, right. I'm walking <laughs> out. <laughs> okay. Well, it's like, I think every job, it's like there are great parts of it and then there are horrible yes. parts of it. So sometimes you let the great parts of it like, all right, I'll, this sucks, but I'll deal with this or whatever. I think that's that's so, real. So yeah. yeah, the the spin I finally had to like let all those go because they were usually early mornings and the late nights. I just it was like schedule, or then I would like book a gig on the road or a book because I also do freelance casting and producing. So sometimes like I'll get a gig for six weeks, so then I'll have to quit whatever other jobs I had going on you know and having a regular spin class that you have to teach on top of that is yeah it's like oh i just sometimes can't because sometimes the spin classes were in the middle of the day and it's like well i'm doing this casting job and so (laughs) so a lot of jobs were just like that i forget some oh the one of my serving jobs i quit because i got an assistant job being an assistant to a comic so how was that it was all right. We're going to push past it. Cool. I think uh, it was a lot of the jobs I had being like assistants to people out here. It's real intensely over terrible. Over 40 hours a week for Girl. like no money. No money. Zero money. <laughs> and ma- Majority of the jobs I quit is because like this, the pay doesn't equal out to all the stuff I'm putting up with. All the work. <laughs> yeah. And the emotional bullshit and all that. Yeah. No. Being an assistant to someone is is I universally yeah. terrible from everyone I've spoken to except for maybe one person. I'm like, no, yeah. this sounds awful. I worked one job that was funny and it was so funny. Like our checks would bounce every mm-hmm. week and me and a girl I worked with recently she's a good friend of mine we were laughing about it recently we we're like how funny that like <laughs> every week we would show up to the same bank with our check and they'd be like girls this isn't <laughs> Oh, and God. we were like, they must have saw us walking in every week and been like, here are these poor saps. Like, they <laughs> Thinking know they this got paid. <laughs> is not going to go through. And, <laughs> and we were like, we knew there was something 
very sketchy going on there and we didn't know exactly what but we knew our checks bounced would you ever did you ever get that money caught up yeah i think at the end the end he owed me money but i was just like i'm out but he would get us the money but we'd have to fight for a couple of days Uh. and so we'd get to the point where we'd be like well we're gonna sit here and not work because you owe me like two weeks at checks yeah you have not paid me so i will not continue to be working for free Weird how that works. What's the weirdest customer service job you've ever, ever had? I guess like the comedy clubs. Yeah. It's pretty weird. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Easily (laughs) facts. Hardcore facts. Okay. The stuff you see and witness, you're just like, what's the weirdest thing you've seen that you're allowed to talk about? Oof. If you can't talk about it, I'll move on. Allowed to talk about? I mean, at the job or with the customers? Um, We'll just say with the customers. That feels more. Um, I I mean, I'd say definitely like the fights and stuff. You've seen fights amongst customers. Oh my God. Really? (laughs) We, I was actually telling somebody the other day because I was like, people don't know what it's like. One time we, (laughs) I had to kick two separate groups of people out and they got into a fight outside and one of them pulled a gun on (gasps) the other. (laughs) We happen to have two cops there hanging out that were off duty that. Oh my solved god! Solved it for us. We, I used, I've seen people get beat up bad, like right outside of Laugh Factory. I remember one time we were crying. The guy with blood coming out of his ears it was gross. What? I've seen people get like physically thrown out of the Laugh Factory. I've seen customers fight one night. A guy ended up punching his girlfriend in the <gasps> face. Oh, like, uh, uh-uh. uh, uh-uh. oh yeah, we've seen brawls over there. It's just like, That's, oh my god, it's crazy. I literally like, can you just sign your tab, please? And yeah. if you want to tip me. It's cool, but if not, but if I not, it. just sign it and let's just get you out of here. What yeah. is it that would cause like that? Seems insane to me. Everyone's like collectively laughing. Like, what gets you to assault another customer? Um, like, I don't. Um, I I mean, some customers like if they would even just get mad about like the payment. I think that's what people don't realize. I don't know if you guys deal with it a lot, but like we we could not let the two drinks slide because again that affected yeah, we our can't. job. Yeah. So some people would get pissed off about that. A lot of people would be like, "There's so many rules here." Yeah. Like, you gotta do this. Because some people would complain over, like, I don't want to sit here. I want to sit there. Oh, God. I wanna... So they'd already kind of be in a bad attitude. Mood. Yep. And then you get drinks in them. I remember one fight starting out while I was just, I was seating people. And I don't know what happened, but they started fighting. And one guy lifted a chair up. Come to, on. To hit, and I, like, stood in between and was like, no, <laughs> waiting for security to get there. Oh, my God. Um, We would just, I don't know, sometimes mid-show, all of a sudden you just hear yelling and you're like, oh, here we go. Going well. <laughs> sometimes it would be because of the comic. Sometimes mm. the comics would kind of start stuff and get the crowd going and. Like purposefully get them riled up. I think seemed it. Ooh, we. <laughs> like, you're, you're, you want that couple to fight, I think. <laughs> you know? You're making this worse. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes it was that. The, again, the two groups who got kicked out separately for heckling, I think they were already. They were already after wound each other. up yeah. from getting kicked out that I don't know what happened outside. I only heard about it you know well it's the other thing is is like the number of people like to go back to what you were saying before with people just asking you for coke like the number of people that do coke at comedy clubs oh I mean, we gosh. find it all the time and it's like you're sitting down you're not about to go do laps you're not at a fucking edm show you're not dancing this off you're literally doing something that is a huge upper and then you're 
sitting back down. It just yes. doesn't, it doesn't compute. It's like, it's the wrong, if you're a comic, I get it. Cause you're about to perform or whatever. It's not my thing, but I can see why you do it. But as a customer, I'm like, that's like me going to Hamilton and being like, so right. amped for this musical. Where's my <laughs> fucking blow? I'm not a part of the show. It's, it's so weird to me. I, I actually remember the weirdest thing I was seeing was I saw two female, I can say anything, right? Yeah, absolutely. I saw two female, well, one female customer fingering another female customer and they were sitting in the front (laughs) section and I had to go up on the balcony to like tally how many people were there. We used to have to mark off each seat that was taken to check. That was in order to check how many customers each waitress had to be able to tally how many drinks she sold per customer. And I was doing it and I think a comic pointed out to me and I remember I was training a girl and I was like, look, look." I I felt so bad for it. It was her first night and I was like, those girls are fingering each other. (laughs) we would catch we would catch people in the bathroom having sex hooking up yeah oh my god well that feels less that feels less like crazy because it's like whatever you're wasted into the bathroom but like finger each other on a balcony yeah we were like oh Oh. my god like maybe i guess if you're doing a bunch of molly and like i guess i could see that being i don't know that's crazy we were like i feel like they wanted to be caught. Oh, uh, yeah. They were sitting in the front section. It was like they're clearly trying to get some type of attention here. No, you know? There's that group, too. Yeah, that's a real thing. Okay. Yeah. I already know the answer to this because you're very generous, but do you tip? Oh, yes. yes. It, and what's your percentage on average? I'm like minimum 20%. Yeah. Like you... You have to be really bad for me to give. I, I don't think I've ever given less than 20%, but I always give at least 20%. Yeah, you're very more. generous. You give, you yeah. really give more than that. But yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And have you ever been stiffed that you can remember? I'm sure. Oh, all the time. <laughs> all the time. I Do you <laughs> feel like time. it happens more at the com- at like the comedy I club do. environment? I do too. Again, it's because they're like, you're making me get yeah. two drinks and it's like mm, you're making me it's like okay I had one time too I felt so I remember feeling so bad where this girl's card kept declining on four dollars and oh. I kept being like she kept being like hold on let me and I finally was like you know what I got it <laughs> yeah let me just buy this for oh, you this like is there's thing. sometimes you just eat a couple of drinks yeah. that you're like I'll pay for this out of my tips I guess yeah because you can see yeah stiffed a lot but you i I would get stiffed a lot but then i would have so many people over tip sure that it kind of balanced out so but yeah i don't know we don't know we're like i feel like sometimes two people just tip less on drinks than food yeah there's i guess an association with i guess culturally speaking that's true because in in the culture we've decided that me you know bringing you a hamburger should be honored with more than a dollar, but me bringing mm-hmm. you a drink is worthy of a dollar. Yeah, I would have some people like they would order five drinks, but give five dollars. And it didn't uh, matter how much those drinks were. They were uh, like, well, you brought me five drinks. So you get a dollar per drink. Yeah, and you're and like, that's like, a okay, $75 but, bill, but cool. Yeah. Right? So you would get that. Or I'm sure you get the people who I think we, we've talked about this before, who might like when they walk in, like slip you a 20. Yes. And they were like, take care of me. And you're like, OK, I and got then you, you. like extra take care of them. But then they don't tip yep. you the rest of the night. Because they gave like, you the okay. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, all right. But now your tab's up to like 300. Yeah. And I'm still only made that $20. Yeah. So I didn't even get 10 percent. Cool. 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 Yeah. Like, thank you. <laughs> Feels really good. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Or the, I don't know if you experienced this, but they're like, no, girl, like I used to work in the industry. I totally get yeah. it. I'm going to take such good care of you. And you're like, oh, sweet. She gets it. Cool, cool, cool. And then you take good care of them. And then, oops, I don't have enough cash to tip you. Yeah. I'm so sorry. And you're like, oh, I'm going to 
I knew what you were doing. I no yeah. longer believe that that personality. I just I'm like, oh, you didn't. Yeah, we'd have a lot of people, especially if they got kicked out, they would not tip us. Oh, and that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, cool. You acted an ass, but you're right. I yeah. should be punished. And they'd try to write like a fake name on their on their slip and how would you know so you would verify it based off the credit card you would see it was john smith but they signed chris jacobson yeah or, or they would obviously just do like a random swiggle to be like i did about it. it oh like that's not your signature you know so now they can argue it with their credit card yeah. company. that's so shiesty i hate i hate people <laughs> Yeah, it's tired. <laughs> I don't okay. know if the comedy store is like this too, but Laugh Factory just had a thing where like it always showed up. Some people, you know, how they get like an alert to their phone. Yep. So the comedy, I mean, Laugh Factory would it would look like they were getting charged more, but yep. that was just a hold. Yep. So they'd be like, "You Furious. overcharged me." Yep. You're, and they think it's us, uh-huh. and I'm like, "No, no, 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 bitch! It's this not, your I, credit card company. Leave yeah, me alone. I'd be like, give it." four days and you're gonna uh-huh. see the proper amount on there mm-hmm. I, and i would show them their receipt and i would be like this is what was charged on your receipt I would, some people i would have to bring them over to my the computer screen yep and be like this is all that was charged it's just like a hold Same. so we would deal with that a lot and then they would not tip us because they, they were mad like we overcharged them yep. and stuff like that yeah and you're like no bitch i just what i explained to you the gm yep. the old gm at the comedy store would say to me all the time like i'd come in and I'd be like well you look really tired and he's like if i have to answer one more call and explain to people what a pending charge is versus a charge that actually goes through i'm gonna chuck this computer out of the window and i was like oh do people don't understand how money works i'm like but but, but you got time to call the anyway okay yeah were you ever fired from a customer service job technically the law factory but it was because i was booking the other club they fired me and then called me back and pretended it wasn't them and (laughs) they on did like some another ghost called you no he was like i was out of town and i didn't know the girls were doing but the other the girl who had to do it was my friend so she was like i'm so sorry as she was doing it i was like it's cool i'm like booking the inside jokes i get it and then so he called me back and was like i'm sorry how about if you i help you start a booking company and you come back and i was like you know i'm really busy right now maybe (laughs) in a couple of weeks and then in a couple of weeks when he called me i was like sorry i'm just too busy i'm like really busy (laughs) because it started within the beginning i was trying to like really shove it in his face mm-hmm. and I'd be like you he they kept telling me it was a conflict of interest and I was like I don't know again I had already been booking Neil Brennan and friends so I was like yeah. I don't know how me booking inside jokes will interfere with me serving drinks at your club and I kept kind of throwing it in their face that they never made me a booker there good for you I was like all I'm doing is serving here it's it's totally different yeah so I was like again I think I can still serve drinks even though I'm booking over there and so that was it but yeah they called me back and then I said no like I'm busy good for I you I was petty because I'm petty like, you can book no. Chicago Long Beach <laughs> and one night a week in Hollywood and when he said one night a week in Hollywood I was like no Oh, fuck. Oh, I would. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'd be petty, too. I get it. So I know the answer to this. What got you out of customer service altogether? Booking comedy? Uh, Yeah. Is that that not the answer? I'm sorry. I fed it to you. I think it was. I mean, yeah, I was definitely already. Yeah, I was booking comedy. And then why I stopped my final serving job. It may have been that or that or like my assistant. I think it was like the assistant job actually working for the comic got me out of my final serving job. Yeah. Okay. And then last question of this section, worst customer you ever had to deal with. Can you think of just one of many? 
Yeah, I just had one who screamed. Same thing. I was the manager. She didn't want to do the two drink minimum for one of her servers. That server called me over and the girl screamed at me. And she was like, shut the F up and get the F out of my face in the middle of the comedy show. And everyone turned around and looked at us. And I was just like, what did you say back? I went, okay. (laughs) By the way, I had to like crawl over booths to get to her because you know how it's awkward and and I was so mad and I went and got the security guard who just so happened to go to the same gym as her brother fuck off so he was like well I don't want to kick them out because and I was like she just screamed at me in front of the whole club also your job is to kick her out I was like if you do not kick them out like you are gonna make me look bad and he did not kick them out her brother came out and then her brother tried talking to me and then me and him ended up arguing And they let them stay. And I ended up randomly, like a month or two later, I bumped into him at a nightclub and we both looked at each other and we're like, oh, it's you. And we gave each other a hug and (laughs) we ended up becoming really cool. We exchanged numbers and we're cool to this day. (laughs) Really? Have you seen his sister since then? No. No, And I wouldn't recognize her anyway. Yeah, isn't it? I get face blindness when people make me crazy. Like, it's so funny. I can't do it either. That's so funny. Yeah. And then it was like him, me and him argued out in the... In the hallway. Hallway. Yeah. So I really got to like see him. Whereas her, it was just like a one thing. Just once being told to fuck off, which is, you know, unfortunately not memorable because it happens so often in these clubs. God damn it. Okay. Well, guys, we're going to move on to the good stuff. We hope you saved room for dessert. What is the best customer? Who is the best customer, I guess, that you've ever interacted with? I mean, we had one guy who would hang out at the law factory all the time. He was so sweet, very generous. And he would bring us pizzas. He would bring us chocolates. He tipped us very well. But he became like a staple there. So it was like he was like a customer, but he kind of just hung out. I don't know if he'd be considered a customer. Yeah, I mean, he started that way, I guess. And that's other. I I mean, I have customers who come to my shows at the comedy store that were people I used to serve at the Laugh Factory. But they have followed me. They came to my shows at Inside Jokes. And now they come to my shows at the comedy store. So I've built like friendships with my customers over the year. I had another guy who I've had guys who like we don't get along, but they would only sit in my section because they liked how I served. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> I've had that too. Twenty dollars a drink, and we hate each other. We oh don't my talk, God. but I had have their drinks ready, and we just had this weird "I don't like you, but I like you" relationship. <laughs> I so know what and you're I, talking about. I have another guy who like became friends. He ended. He was dating a girl I worked with, and he would be like, "No, I want to sit in Sarah's section." And to this day, me and him go to dinners together. We're just, oh, just it's cool. <laughs> so I, I'm like friends with some of my customers. So. That's cool. Okay. Because you worked, how many years total were you at the Laugh Factory? Six. Six total. Okay. That's enough to establish. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. There's a director I'm friends with to this day who Aww. I served him at the cafe that I worked at for two years. So. Oh, wow. See, you're a memorable person. How yeah. many? At the la- do you know how many people can actually fit in the laugh factor? Like how? How? What's uh, two eighty seven in the whole thing is, is total is the capacity. Yeah. Okay, and then what's the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working? I'd say like the the guy who would he like the guy who heard that, oh they walked out on their tab and they that's lovely pay. that's really yeah. lovely. 
Did anyone ever pay it forward at any of the jobs that you've had? Did you have like a customer buy like at the cafe? Oh, I'm going to buy around for these people. Always. always? Yeah, always at the lot factory. Like people would maybe kind of become friends with the other customers. Or maybe they had an exchange outside that went well that they'd get inside and be like, I want to buy that couple of around or especially or the guys that are like, I want to buy that girl a drink. Or I love that. That doesn't yeah. happen that often anymore. So I love it when I hear stories of that. Okay. Yeah. What is the best lesson that you've personally learned from having worked in customer service? I would say I was almost in tears one night because girls were being so mean to me. They didn't have their ID, so I could not serve them. And they were they were like, oh, please, I'll give you $1,000. Just go get me the drink. They were like really belittling me Ugh. for being a server, Fuck all which I used to get off. that all a lot. Are you, are you shitting me? <laughs> I once heard a manager say to a waitress, I don't have to respond to you because you're just a waitress. <laughs> another thing that bothered me and I was like almost in tears back at the bar and a comic told me the quote I don't remember who it's by but it said rudeness is a weak man's imitation of power which and com- that- I just got chills which comic said that to you are you comfortable um, saying if you're not comfortable saying don't say it Steve I think his name's Steve Harris oh, he's okay. also a lawyer and he like hangs out at, at the law factory he's a really Aww. sweet guy James Harris. I'm sorry. James, James Harris. Harris. That name is familiar. Okay. Um, Steve Harris was another friend. Of mine. Um, <laughs> James Harris. He was very sweet. And that quote, honestly, has kind of gotten me through life. Whenever somebody's mean to me, I'm like, they're not mad at me. They're like insecure at some other part of their, their life. life. Yeah. And this is their time to feel tough. Like I remember he told me he was like, their husbands are probably so mean to them. Mm-hmm. And now they're out of their house and this is their time to be mean to somebody else. That's fact. So I've just always like, yeah, when people are mean to me, it's like, this isn't my problem. This is your problem. Yep. This is a you problem, as my friends like yeah. to say. Yeah. Oh, I love that quote. And then yeah. what's one piece of advice that you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers? I think just like realize everybody's going through their own shit. <laughs> So, yes. Yes. And, know, and know that they may have had 20 rude customers before. You know that they're just doing their job. So be patient. Everybody makes mistakes at their jobs. Don't scream at their head if they forget to give you a straw or a napkin. Oh, girl. <laughs> the number yeah, of times. Yeah, just like we're all going through our own shit. Just relax. Just relax. <laughs> like, Ooh, I love that. Relax. No one said that way. Just relax. <laughs> like, it's okay. It's really not that yeah. serious. Like, yeah. It's, it's comedy like, and booze. You're going to get through it. <laughs> it's like yeah. you chose to come out and have a good time. So how do people get in touch with you? Are you comfortable? Like, do you want people to know your socials? Are you kind of protective of that? Uh, like, is there? Yeah. No, that's fine. Okay. I have my mellow comedic social, M-E-L-L-O-C-O-M-E-D-I-C. Okay. I have somebody else who runs that one for me, but I do check that one occasionally. And then my personal account is Sarah J. Mello, S-A-R-E-H-J-M-E-L-L-O. Okay. And then and that's Instagram. I do not check my Facebook messages. I don't think anyone does. I tell anymore. people that all the time. I had yeah. thousands and I just gave up. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm overwhelmed, so I'm not doing it. I like that. I yeah. like that approach. Okay. And then when I know that the times are weird and everything, you know, everything's upside down and backwards. So do you know, we talked off air before this, but do you mm-hmm. know roughly when you're going to be back to producing when you have shows planned are you doing it in 2020 i'm just like i guess to not stress myself out i'm like "Eh, it'll probably be 2021 okay i just don't want to get my hopes up before then however i was against doing zoom shows but i'm now working on something like that so maybe there will i'll have something sooner online okay so people can maybe not a live show but it'll be kind of like a streaming zoom show 
And people can check out your socials to find out if and yeah. when that's happening. Okay. Yes, they will be on there. And then what has been the greatest gift that you have had in this Corona time where you've had this? Because I, I can't imagine someone like you that works 472 hours a week. I can't imagine that you are, that this time is super fun for you being isolated yeah. from people and also just not having a lot to do. So are you, has there been a blessing out of this for you? Poof, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the type who like, I think there's been so much trauma during this yeah. that it's like something good has to come out of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way I look at everything. I've been through so much bad stuff, but good stuff comes out of it sooner or later. You might not realize the message up front. Sure. But there's got to be a message behind all of this. I totally know? agree, girl. So nothing that stands out to me, but I know that there's something coming. The future message, whatever we learn in the future. I'm, I'm with it. Okay. Yeah. Well, guys, we're going to drop checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service from Hell, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends to listen. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. Remember, if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. Thank you so much, Sarah. I know that this time is crazy, so I really appreciate you giving time and God bless Sarah. We had something scheduled before Corona and then, you know, everything. It was like, oh, we have to quarantine. It was literally like the week before everything shut yeah. down. We were like supposed to meet up and then everything do shut down. <laughs> yeah. And then God bless Sarah. She just texted me. She was like, I didn't forget about you. We can still do this. And I was like, sweet. It's so perfect. So, yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate all yeah, of this. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So that's going to be it. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. I was like, I, don't worry about me. I'm not planning on having any shows in 2020. Oh, you <laughs> just have know, already. Been. Well, I know that I was like, I, Emily, I understand that like if the store opens, but they can only open 25% capacity, Yeah, they can fill that on their own. They don't need somebody else coming in, to, you know? Sure. So sure. she was like, yeah, I've already like thought of that too so she's I'm so not worried about you guys comedy. yeah she's so oh. she talks about you guys all the time she's like these poor producers who were that was how they were making their money she's like and the comic she worries all the time about everyone god love her yeah i know she's I just, so cute. Yeah. Um, but i told her i was like don't worry about me i've applied for a couple other jobs one of my friends her restaurant opened and fuck. i was like you're kidding not everybody else went back and i was like i hate to do it because i'm afraid of corona yeah but I was like, at this point, I'll do it like two days a week. Mm-hmm.